Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're at that point in the investigation where we're still gathering um, information, we're still gathering tips, we're still gathering evidence, we're still doing everything we need to do. It's the latest in the University of Idaho murder investigation, as police are asking for the public's help in identifying an important car near the crime scene. Sidebar co-host Anjanette Levy's on the ground in Moscow, Idaho with the new details. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime, I'm Jesse Weber. You were one of the best people I've ever met, and I know I won't meet another one like you. So for the time we did have, I feel so lucky that I can tell people about my best friend, Maddie. And she's going to be a busy girl up in heaven, because she is now the guardian angel to some wild ones who really need her down here. We continue to follow the University of Idaho quadruple murder case. I'm talking about the killings of 21-year-old Kaylee Gonsalves, 21-year-old Madison Mogan, 20-year-old Zahner Kernodal, and 20-year-old Ethan Chapin. Their bodies found in their off-campus home out in the college town of Moscow. These killings happened three weeks ago, and at the time of this recording, no arrests have been made, no suspect identified, and no murder weapon recovered. And joining me to talk about the latest in this investigation is my sidebar co-host, Anjanette Levy, who is on the ground in Moscow, Idaho. Anjanette, it's good to see you. I know it's freezing over there. Before we get into this idea of the car, a very important aspect of this car the police mentioned, can you tell us where you are right now, what the scene is? You know, Jesse, uh, good to be with you. We are about a block away from the house on King Road where these homicides occurred a little more than three weeks ago. And where I'm standing right now is in front of the Sigma Chi house. The Sigma Chi house is important in this investigation because Ethan Chapin, one of the victims, and his girlfriend, Zanna Carnodal, were at a party here at the Sigma Chi house around 9 p.m. on November 12th. That was that Saturday night hours before these homicides occurred. They then made their way, uh, it's our understanding, made their way from the Sigma Chi house uh, over 
to the house on King Road, arrived there around 1.45 a.m. There had been some questions. Police had put out a call for information earlier this week about where Ethan and Zana were uh, between the hours of 9 p.m. and 1.45 a.m. Um, were they here the whole time at the Sigma Chi house? I asked that question uh, of the PIO yesterday. I didn't get an answer. He said they had received more information about their whereabouts, but he wouldn't tell me where they were. There's since been some other reporting that they've determined that Z Ethan and Zana were here at the Sigma Chi house all night. We're trying to confirm that and then made their way over about a block away to the home where they ended up being murdered. Ethan, of course, was a member of the fraternity here, and uh, Zana was somebody who was known to the people in the fraternity as well. And by the way, I encourage everybody to follow Anjanette on Twitter for live updates about what's happening. The reason I say that is because I was following you, Anjanette, and you spoke to the Sigma Chi president, right? I, I did. We met him actually on Tuesday, read off soon, and uh, he was leaving for class, and we were standing outside trying to talk to members of the fraternity, and we were told they had put out a statement Reed was very nice, said they didn't want to really say anything, that they had told the FBI, Idaho State Police, and Moscow Police everything they knew. They had given them all the information they had and that they were cooperating with the investigation. And so he didn't say much more than that other than he was friends with Ethan and Zana, considered them friends. Ethan, of course, a member here, lived at the Sigma Chi house. Um, so, and then happened to run into him again yesterday. Uh, when that information about the car came out from Idaho State Police and Moscow Police. Okay, that's what I want to talk about. So this is the, I, I would say, probably the biggest update we've had so far, given this week maybe, and maybe in the last week and a half. The police are looking for a car, right? Well, what do we know? Well, this came out late Wednesday. They put out an update after they cleared the belongings of the three victims out of their home. The police put out an update on Facebook, and really this is the most specific call for information that we've really received other than them asking to asking for information about Ethan and Zana's whereabouts on Saturday, November 12th. They released some stock photos of a Hyundai Elantra between the years, they believe, of 2011 and 2013. Uh, they don't have a license plate number for the vehicle, but they are asking people if they have that vehicle, if they own that vehicle, if they know somebody with that vehicle to call in because the police say that this vehicle was in the immediate area of the King Road home the morning of the homicides. This happened in the overnight hours on Sunday, November 13th, and they believe that the person or persons, you know, they said occupant or occupants of the vehicle could have information critical to the case. So it kind of, you know, get kind of gets your mind going, your imagination going. You're, you're like, oh, is this involved? Is, is this vehicle involved? Did somebody get out of this vehicle and walk to the home? We don't know. Or were they just in the area and may have seen somebody? The police haven't told us why exactly uh, they are interested in this vehicle other than they believe the people in the vehicle may have information critical to the case. So critical sounds very important. So uh, we would like to get more information about that and see where that goes. But you would think that they could somehow search DMV records for both Idaho and Washington, see if any of those vehicles are around. Uh, you know, we are rather close to the Washington state line here. But doesn't it seem like they're saying the people in that car were witnesses to what happened and not suspects, right? That just to just to clarify, because if they were suspects, if the police believe that who was in that car might have been connected to the killings, I, I don't know if they would have released this statement, right? It seems to me that whoever was in that car might have witnessed someone coming in and out of the house. I, it's pure speculation. 
Is that what you're getting at now? Is that what is that what you think, Anjanette, based on the, the, the commentary? That's certainly a potential, Jesse. But also, I would think that if they think the vehicle is involved, they're certainly not going to want to spook those people, right? It, it's kind of like, I, I feel like there's a lot that goes into verbiage that's used, into the words that are used. You know, it, it brings to mind to me, we always hear the word suspect. When do they ever use that word anymore? We hear person of interest. To me, that always means like junior suspect. You know, it's like a euphemism for suspect. So I don't know. It could be that they believe these people witnessed something or saw something. Uh, maybe this car, we don't know. I've looked all over for surveillance cameras. I don't see any. Uh, there, it doesn't sound like a lot of people around here have security cameras. But was this vehicle seen on security footage? We don't know. But there couldn't have been that much traffic, you know, vehicular traffic at that hour of the morning. I've been talking to neighbors who told me there's a lot of foot traffic because on the weekends especially, people are partying out here in this neighborhood, you know, and yelling and screaming is not unusual because there are people partying all weekend and even on the weeknights. So we just don't know. We're waiting to figure it all out. Yeah, that that's the thing that make, that's so curious. Why is it coming out now? We know that authorities, they've received over 2,600 email tips, over 2,700 phone tips, over 1,000 digital media submissions. We're not sure what led them to this car, but maybe we'll get some answers to the car because it sounds like, like they're saying, very, very important. Now, Anjanette, I know it's cold. I don't want to keep you out there too much longer, but I do want to ask you about, um, your, you had a conversation with somebody that's part of the police department, and Aaron Snell, correct? Can you tell us who he is and what your conversation was with him? Aaron Snell is the communications director for the Idaho State Police, and the Idaho State Police and the FBI are assisting Moscow Police with this investigation. So Aaron Snell has been one of the people who's been designated as a public information officer on this case to talk to the media. And he basically told me, you know, there's a lot they know. They're, they're getting a picture of what happened in, in leading up to this event and what happened before and during and after. And he said that's coming together with forensics. But obviously, he is not going to divulge anything that's going to jeopardize the investigation. And he told me that very specifically. And, you know, Jesse, there's been so much made about whether or not this was a targeted incident. First, they said it was targeted. Then that was kind of walked back. And then it was targeted again. And we don't know if it was the house that was targeted or the students. And I really asked him to clarify that yesterday. Who do you believe was targeted? And he said they still don't know. Now, <laughs> he, that's what he's saying. Um, he said they don't know if it was one person targeted in the house, more than one, or if it was the house itself. And I said in response, like, well, what do you mean? Burglary gone wrong? And he's like, but they're getting these test results in from the crime lab. They're going through video and all of these different things. I'm sure they're going through the victim's cell phones and social media accounts. And, and there are people all over this town who've been interviewed by Moscow police and the FBI and Idaho State Police. So I thought it was interesting that he, they still don't know or still won't say whether they think it was the people targeted or the house. And th there were other things I asked him about too. When are we going to get to see this hear this 911 call? I mean, usually you hear a 911 call pretty early on. And he was, he said, you know, he didn't think it would be released immediately, but he thought it might come sooner rather than later. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people that have questions about that 911 phone call, who was on it, what exactly was said, because it's curious about the discovery of seeing these bodies. Before I let you go, Angela, I do want to ask you also about, didn't Snell say something about, or maybe he would 
couldn't confirm how the killer or killers entered the house about whether there was a sliding glass door on the second floor. Can you tell us anything if you gave any idea about that? I asked him about that. Is it the sliding glass door on the second floor at the rear of the home? And he said they, they aren't willing to say how they believe the killer entered the home. So he wouldn't comment on that. So he didn't say he didn't know. But you would think they would have a pretty good idea of how this person would have left the house. There had to be something left behind. If, if you've killed four people with a knife and you have this knife with you, you would think there would be something a trail of some sort that they this person left behind or even shoe impressions. We just don't know and he won't tell us. And Jeanette Levy, great reporting as always. Thank you so much. Uh, stay safe in Moscow and we'll definitely keep updating everybody as much as we learn information about this case. And Jeanette, thank you. All right. Thanks, Jesse. And that's all we have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sidebar. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.